Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. Stand up for your country. A lot to tell you about again today. Seems like every broadcast is just packed. Um, again, paper, pen, always good to have watching the No Spin News. So our lead story is a big political gamble by President Trump. So my assessment is the race is about even. Um, I think both campaigns know they could lose. And when you know things are in doubt, you have to take some chances. And President Trump is. So he has issued a memo uh, sent to the Attorney General and the White House Budget Director, a man named Russell Vogt. And in the memo, he wants them to explore, which means probably not going to happen, cutting off funds to cities that are out of control. So here is the president's tweet. Quote, my administration will do everything in its power to prevent weak mayors and lawless cities from taking federal dollars while they let anarchists harm people, burn buildings and ruin lives and businesses. We're putting them on notice today, unquote. Okay, so what this is all about is that your tax dollars and mine can be used to help cities in need. And the president specifically is targeting four places for no federal money. Seattle, Portland, New York City, and Washington, D.C. So, yes, well, where's Chicago? Chicago accepted federal agents. That's the difference. Seattle, Portland, New York City, Washington, D.C. continues to allow anarchy, and they will not accept federal help. So the president... Could he do this? Be hard, because Congress is in charge of doling out the money. He could sign an executive order. He could hold up the money, no doubt about it. He could do it. But he's only in office for, you know, a few more months. If he wins, then these cities are in trouble. But if he loses, they're not. So predictably, the reaction was partisan. Um, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, said this. Go. He can't come back to New York. He can't. He's going to walk down the street in New York? Forget bodyguards. He better have an army if he thinks he's going to walk down the street in New York. From the point of view of New York City, this has been the worst president in history. All right, so that's a threat. I don't, you know, a governor of a state threatening the president. Well, he can't come to New York. He need an army. What does that say about your ability, Governor Cuomo, to control anarchy? So you, that soundbite makes you look bad. And it's immature. It's foolish. Um, it should never happen. So, you know, we're descending now into uh, a political morass. Will this work on the part of President Trump? Will it help him get reelected? I don't know. You know, I understand that people uh, who support Trump and those on the fence don't want their tax dollars going to Portland, Oregon. I got it. I don't want mine. I live in New York, so I have no choice here. And while we're on a subject in New York, August uh, violent crime numbers in in New York City, which is completely collapsed uh, on a governmental basis. Shootings up 166% from August 20 uh, to August 19. 166%. That's just out of control. Murders up 47%. And, you know, that's probably a lot higher, that murder number. They kind of suppress it and they kind of carry it over 
until the next month the police do because they are embarrassed. I mean, this is just horrible. And that's on Governor Cuomo because in conjunction with Mayor de Blasio, they have destroyed the criminal justice system in New York State and New York City. And the district attorney of New York, of Manhattan, um, Cy Vance, he won't prosecute. So they won't hold anybody on bail. They won't prosecute crimes. What do you expect to happen? Guns are all over the place, and gangs are running wild shooting, shooting people. What's happening? So uh, Donald Trump makes a stand. Now, the protests across the country have largely subsided. There are a couple of new incidents I'll tell you about in a moment. But outside of Portland, Oregon, which remains out of control, Seattle, uh, you know, it's kind of a standoff there. Um, Minneapolis has gone down. Um, Kenosha, they moved the National Guard in. That stopped that. But um, Donald Trump knows this is a huge campaign issue for him. You are listening to a free excerpt from BillOReilly.com's No Spin News broadcast, where you can actually see me. We'll be right back after this message. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. Making you old-fashioned today with Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the Old Fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Nancy Pelosi has a private hairdresser who works out of that salon. Pelosi's assistant called that woman and said, can you get Nancy in for a hair deal? The woman said yes. And she directed the Speaker of the House to the salon to do the hair. The owner of the salon apparently wasn't aware of this because her business is shut down. But if you're a, a hairstylist for the Speaker of the House and the Speaker of the House says, look, I need a haircut. All right. So Pelosi comes in, captured on uh, videotape, no mask. You know, wherever I go inside, I wear a mask now. All right. So I look good. And she gets her hair done. But the key to this is, yeah, she's a hypocrite. Yeah, she uses her position to get what she wants and everybody else can have hair like me. Okay, sure. But is anybody surprised that Nancy Pelosi's a hypocrite? Anyone? Maybe Chuck Schumer isn't, but everybody else is. Knows what she is. They know what she is. Nancy Pelosi at this point is a cartoon. I mean, she could do a TV series like The Family Guy, The Speaker, an animated series. She's a cartoon. It's 80 years old. I mean, she doesn't know what she's saying half the time. And if she wants to get her hair done, she doesn't care what law says she can't. She's going to do it. All right, so the owner is long goes on, but... She doesn't say, the owner doesn't say, if she were, was aware. I mean, she's crushing Pelosi, the owner of the salon. But she doesn't say whether she was aware that this was happening. Now, I would assume she was aware, but nobody asked. That's my first question. Did you try to stop this? I mean, yeah, as a freelance contractor, I understand maybe you weren't aware. 
But you got to define that a little bit. Because if the salon operator said, all right, come on in, it's still bad for Nancy Pelosi, but there's an extenuating circumstance there. It's not like Pelosi kicked the door in. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you all this is that's fair reporting. I'm reporting in a fair manner. Okay? So I don't know whether the salon operator who did set Nancy Pelosi up, all right, I'm going to play you a soundbite in a minute. She did because she released the tape of no mask and went on the cable shows to, you know, make her look bad. All right, here's Pelosi. Go. Do you think you owe the service industry an apology? I just spoke to a San Francisco barber who's a fan of yours. He supports you, but he thinks you owe the service industry an apology. Well, I don't. I think that they don't, uh, that this salon owes me an apology for setting up. But I will say this, in fairness to him, and in sympathetic to him, we have to get our country moving again. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so Pelosi was set up uh, in the aftermath of it, in the aftermath of it. Um, but still, how hypocritical is it? I mean, it's beyond belief. How hypocritical it is. But that's, uh, has Nancy Pelosi been that way for 50 years? Okay, if you buy this book, Killing Crazy Horse, we'll give you a bunch of stickers free. Stand up for your country free. Pre-order, but it comes out on Tuesday, so buy it now. We'll ship it. You'll get it first. Um, if you want to get every one of the Killing Books, nine, sign up for a lifetime membership. Pretty reasonably priced, and you get all nine bucks. Let's get the reaction. All right, back in a moment with some crazy horse stuff. Support for this podcast comes from Dropbox Business. Teamwork, your way. There I was, struggling to balance my professional life and making my son something healthy in my personal life. And then I realized, my team and I can fix this. Sure, we're all pretty different with different working styles, but that only makes us more productive. I work early in slides while BizDev assigns tasks and legal works late in HelloSign, all from one shared Dropbox workspace. Try Dropbox for your team at dropbox.com slash teams at work. All right, finally, uh, the final thought. So I really like this book. My publisher says it's the best of the nine killing books. The Killing series is the most successful nonfiction book series in history. 17 million of them, there's a reason why. I'm tired of lies about our country's history. This book will tell you the truth about how America was forged. All the big names are in the book. Now, we have put an excerpt free on BillOReilly.com. I think once you read the excerpt, you're going to buy the book. If you start reading the book in the early evening, you might not go to sleep. It's one of those. Turn a page, turn a page. Martin Dugard, best researcher. I did an interview with Newt Gingrich on his podcast today, and Newt asked very interesting questions, and I told him how we researched all of our books, but specifically Killing Crazy Horse. Um, you can hear Newt Gingrich's podcast on Sunday, all right? We did an interview with WGN Radio, another legacy station, Chicago. That'll be on Monday morning, okay, all about Crazy Horse. And I'm going to do a lot of press about it. Uh, of course, I can't get on the networks or anything like that, uh, because they despise me, because I despise them. It's a, a kind of mutual despising each other. And Crazy Horse and George Custer despised each other. 
They respected each other, though. Isn't that interesting? Crazy Horse was the most effective Native American military commander. He was not a chief. Sitting Bull was a chief. George Armstrong Custer was tasked with defeating Crazy Horse, bringing him in, crushing him. They hated each other, but they respected each other. And on Custer's last stand, when Crazy Horse wiped him out and everybody else with him, and we go into that very vividly, Custer's body was the only one not mutilated. You can go to the Custer battlefield in southern Montana. I walked it. It's fascinating. You can see where Custer fell and where all his other soldiers were, including Indian scouts and journalists. They were all dead. All right? Crazy Horse maneuvered all of this. It was an amazing tactical feat. So all of that is in Killing Crazy Horse, but we deal with Cochise, Geronimo, Apaches, Comanches, Chief Joseph, Nez Perce, all of it. I don't think you'll learn more from one history book, more from one history book than Killing Crazy Horse. So I hope you read it. Thank you for listening to me about it. Have a great Labor Day weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday.